good afternoon. Normal conferences or whatever I attend when they're in the afternoon, people either don't attend or fall asleep. I hope that will not happen today. Um, we are a small industry, therefore a small panel. Uh, the first one is Nils Rigold. Uh, please welcome him up here. He is a Senior VP for BWLPG. And uh, the second one is Mr. Sue, uh, representing Pacific Gas, where he is the CEO. Um, this is uh, two very big companies in a small industry. VLGCs today on the water number only 267 to be precise. Um, BW control 52 VLGCs and LGCs. Um, they are one of the oldest companies in the industry, uh, formerly known as Bergeson. Um, Pacific Gas is the oldest and largest of the VLGC and gas shipping companies in China. Currently have 12 VLTCs under the wing, uh, one large ethylene carrier with four more to come this year and next. Um, that is kind of the introduction myself. I'm Torben. I work for Ferngas Singapore, and I've been in Singapore for more than 23 years. Uh, in Europe, you get less for murder, but be that as it will, Singapore is a lovely place to be. Um, we have a limited time, uh, but just to quickly get on with things, now that people are introduced, I'm sure they have more to say about themselves later. As I said, the uh, VLGC fleet is small compared to any other commodity shipping, without exception, small. Um, yet, it is very capital intensive. A VLGC new building today would set you back $70 million plus. Um, it's a mixed fleet. As I said, there's 267 on the water. 30 of these ships are 25 years or older. At the same time, there is a new building backlog of 37 ships, equal to about 14%. Um, as I stand here today, it's not a good time for the VLGC owners. The market is at an all-time low, meaning that earnings for a modern VLGC with full employment, no waiting time, equates to less than $5,000 a day. OPEX is, call it 9,000, depending on the ship you have in hand. Um, in light of the low market and the imminent trading restrictions, which we all have to deal with, water ballast, exhaust emissions, etc. Um, the first question I'd like to put to our panelists is, um, is this low market combined with the future trading restrictions um, enough to discourage ship owners from taking the ships through fifth and sixth special survey? Um, and as a consequence, see enough VLTCs being recycled over the next one to two years to make a difference in VLTC supply and demand. And perhaps, if time permit, add also a little chat about slow steaming, um, the costs, savings that 
is applicable for that. Um, maybe Mr. Su, you would like to start? Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Uh, that's a good question about the VLGC. I think uh, the VLGC market fluctuation, fluctuation is uh, quite normal, just uh, like uh, any other other market. For example, VLCC container bulk carrier. No fluctuation, no opportunities. I think we are we are currently facing a VLGC, the VLGC oversupply situation. So the now the spot market is uh, very terrible now. Uh, just uh, like uh, Tobin mentioned, the the VLGC market clearly at the bottom. At a US dollar, 4,500 per day, this CTC higher cannot cover the OPEX. If this situation continues for a period of time, I believe it will push many owners to recycle the old vessel of the next 20 years. Assuming the, the demand uh, growth at the health rate and the export and import volumes to increase, increase over time, I believe the supply and the demand will be balanced eventually. And the VLGC market, will, the freight market will, will recover again, I believe. Thank you. My turn. Um, well, as you said, I mean, I think we are experiencing now the worst after party ever. Uh, we had a great, great, great party a couple of years back. And I think we're all suffering a little bit by ordering too many drinks slash ships and invited a little bit too many um, new players, which also wanted to uh, be part of, um, of the party. So um, even though the, the fundamental of the market looks looks great on, on, the, um, on the product side, but on the supply and, and demand. Still, we think to, um, we need to clean up uh, a little bit. And uh, there are two ways to, to clean up. That's uh, either um, recycle older ships and, and also slow steaming um, current ships. Um, I don't, I mean, the, the problem with the recycling or scrapping is that people tend not to do it. It's like their last resort. They only do it if it makes financial sense. Um, today, with the, the increased steel prices, um, since last year, it's just a VLCC gets about three and a half to four million more by recycle today. Um, also, the new regulations with ballot water treatment system makes the fifth or the sixth uh, special survey quite expensive, you know, around two and a half million dollars. And since we are below OPEX level, it makes sense to recycle the ships. So out of those 30 ships, it would be great if all of them would be um, 
recycled. Maybe I think it's a bit optimistic, but uh, at least financially, it makes sense today. Regarding slow, slow steaming, um, we are all well. We are slow steaming all our ships on ballast, and uh, that takes away some capacity of the market. We also save a lot of money in bunkers by slow steaming. Just last quarter, we saved about a million dollars just to slow steam on, on ballast. So um, it makes also financial sense to, to slow steam. So yes, it would be great to, um, to clean up. I personally think that there will be a lot of house cleaning. Uh, we are in an industry which yet doesn't suffer from lack of capital. Um, people remember three years back when the daily income for VLGC was in excess of 150,000 per day, and today we're talking less than five. It's a bit sad. But with this fantastic market we had back two, three years ago, and with the shale gas, everybody talks about shale gas, everybody loves it, um, there has been a lot of new buildings. Hence, we've reached this um, impasse, you may call it. Um, amongst the people joining the party, who were never there in the first place, except for very few select, um, is oil majors and major traders. To mention some of them, it goes all the way from Shell, Chevron, Statoil, P66, Oriental Energy, Astomos Gixis, Gunvor, Vital, Petrodek, the list goes on. Um, as major owners, BW and Pacific Gas, what impact will this have on the pricing of your assets going forward, both freight and second-hand? Um, and what will traditional ship owners like yourself be able to offer in terms of transport solutions to avoid these people, new people, you may call them, or cargo owners, to have even more ships entering the market going forward? Mr. Sue, perhaps again? Okay. I think the trader and the oil companies all the new ships, many because of tourism. One, uh, perhaps they need a couple because the oil major have a big cargo program. Perhaps they need to order a couple of ships to hedge their cargo requirements. The second, the Chinese shipyards we're offering an attractive uh, new building price, so the oil majors see the values in all the ships. Whether or not uh, a single fact uh, had to do with the poor sports market, many different uh, people maybe, maybe have different answers. Mm. I think uh, the traditionally, in longer term, investment of the shipping only get the average profit. After several years, the oil majors and the traders find the, the, the own ship, only ship is not uh, be going to their core business. The, this cannot fit 
their re in internal return, return and uh, requirements. I believe uh, maybe after several years later, the major will back to their core business. The Pacific Gas only do our core business. We always focus on our gas carrier development. We only do our professional business. That's all, thank you. Okay. So you feel that the new entrants, traders and oil majors alike, perhaps are investing because it was part of their cargo transportation program, but they're not looking at the returns at the moment? Yes. Okay. Nils? Yeah, I mean, we have to be a little bit careful because they're also our dear um, clients. Uh, but it's true that the last two years, the whole shipping LPG community have, have changed. I mean, the dominant owner these days are the oil majors and the traders. They uh, are by far the biggest spots player on the relet market. They also uh, have 75% um, of the current order book. Um, so yes, it, I wouldn't say it really would help the market with the new um, entrants. And um, well, as you said, they are uh, also saying that because the new building prices is so so cheap historically, uh, we would like to average down our freight exposure. But if you, if you look at the trading, or the shipping trading book, they have by far the most expensive shipping book on cash break even. Um, so, I mean, what is it for us? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we just need to, to work together uh, with, with the traders. I mean, we need to be more competitive, give them more um, flexible solution. I mean, the key to success on trading is optionality. So that's probably something we as owners need, we need to, um, to be better, to um, be able to, to, um, to offer. Um, yeah, but I still, it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing they, um, that they are so dominant. I mean, in the LPG world, we are below OPEX level, but still the utilization rates for VLGCs is well above 90%. Whereas if you look at the other shipping segments, that doesn't really make sense. Um, so, yes, well, I think we just need to, to work to work together and give more flexible solution. Uh, what Nils just said is indeed, I think, a sign of a very fragmented market amongst owners and operators, um, whereby you have over 90% utilization and yet a market at all-time low. But could one of the solutions be whereby now they have invested gigantic sums, in fact, in new buildings, would it be possible for the established owner to take some of that tonnage off their hands and offer back to the majors and the traders COA solutions, time seller solutions, um, if the market get any worse, layup solutions. Yeah, I think that's one of the solutions to, to work together because none, none of us, I mean, they also have a high cash break even and they, uh, they're also suffering at five to seven 
thousand or OPEX uh, OPEX level, and uh, they also need the flexibility and having four to six ships. I don't think that will give them enough optionality for them to optimize their um, trading book. So Indeed. Okay. Um, we do have a limited period, but just a quick one. Um, I appreciate that neither of your companies have invested in the new um, invested ships that can pass the old Panama Canal, VLGCs. Um, but a lot of companies, including our own, have predicted that the Panama Canal will eventually run out of VLGC space. Do you see that as well, or do you see that differently since you have indeed made your investments in uh, owning Neo Panamax? Uh, yeah, I mean, we heard about that story about uh, the Panama Canal being the, the bottleneck, from, mostly from, from the brokers. And uh, they've made a fantastic story because uh, most of the uh, Panamax order book is done by, by, by the traders. And uh, maybe they've done it as a, as a nice uh, hedge. Uh, for us, we don't see Panama Canal to be a bottleneck. It's certainly not the bottleneck um, so far this year, even though uh, everyone said that 2018 will only be LNG ships uh, be able to, to transit. Um, so, yes, correct, we have not invested in Panamaxes. We don't see it makes sense to scale down on size on the longest route to Asia. So, uh, I think um, I would say um, size matters. Big is beautiful. Big is beautiful. Okay. Okay, we don't have so much time left, but if there's any questions uh, from the audience, then I'm sure the panelists will be pleased to answer them. Okay. Johan, you have a question? <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you.